Amen. Thank you. That. That's a beautiful piano and a flute there. Appreciate that duet. Let's take our Bible this morning, open to the book of Joshua, uh, the book of Joshua chapter 15. Joshua chapter 15. I appreciate um, Brother Joel preaching last week while we were gone. And uh, man, what a great message that was. And if you missed it, uh, I would encourage you to go back either on the Facebook page or even on our website. Our website has all of the audio of uh, all of our services, Sunday morning, Sunday school, Wednesday night, it's all on there. So if you ever miss something, you can go back and listen. But uh, just great, uh, a great message. And uh, I would ask you to pray for my wife and I. Uh, tomorrow morning, we'll be leaving to go to California. And uh, a church uh, in California about a year ago asked me to come and preach their missions conference. And uh, of course, I, I love missions, and uh, an opportunity to preach in a missions conference is, uh, is just great. And uh, this is actually um, Shane's father-in-law. Uh, he pastors a church near Fresno, California, and uh, last year he asked if we'd be willing to come out and preach their conference, and uh, so we'll be going out tomorrow, so I'd appreciate uh, praying for us as we go out and just pray that God would use the, the messages uh, in the church there. That God would use that church as they uh, are giving to missions, just like our church does, and many churches around uh, our state and around our country uh, give for the gospel. They're giving for the gospel of Christ and uh, praying that God would use that. So I'd appreciate your prayers uh, for that this week while we'll be gone. And uh, well, we've been kind of going through a series on Sunday mornings uh, entitled Greater Than. And of course, we understand that Jesus is greater than everything. There's, there's no doubt about that. But we've been trying to look at some specific things and uh, things that I think are, are needful in our day and age today. And we looked and saw how uh, that Jesus is greater than religion. It's not about being religious. We saw how Jesus is greater uh, than fear. Uh, he's greater than our mistakes. And uh, this morning, uh, we're going to be look at, looking at something. Some of you may already kind of know the direction of this if you saw the Facebook post, but uh, this morning, we're going to be looking at uh, greater than giants. Jesus is greater than giants. And um, giants are something that we all face. And uh, no, I'm not talking about 10 feet tall uh, people like Goliath was. Uh, I'm talking about situations, uh, things that come into our lives that just seem so great so overwhelming that we can't, we can't see any way around them, we can't see any way through them. Uh, they're just huge. They're just, they're giants. There's, they're just obstacles that, that are in our way that we cannot, uh, we cannot get around. And uh, this past week I did uh, ask on the, uh, the church Facebook page um, uh, for people to comment on the giants that people are facing in our day and age today. And uh, I've, I've never had so many comments on a post before. Uh, it's not because I'm popular or anything like that. It had nothing to do with that. But uh, I think it was truly because we all face giants. There's giants that every one of us are facing. And uh, I want to read you some of, the, some of the comments of those that, uh, that posted and the giants that people are facing today. And uh, as you read through or you hear through these, you might think, man, that, that's me. I'm going through that or, or I've never been through that and I hope I never go through that, right? Uh, but there's, there's giants that we all face. And these were, um, these were some that, that were listed. Life. Just trying to balance life is a giant. The unknown, making right choices, finances can be a giant, feeling inadequate, marital issues, addictions, 
health, stress. Uh, This was my favorite. I did not write this, but this was my favorite. Building projects. (laughs) Um, Security. Apathy. Mental health. Pride. Loneliness or the lack of true friendship. Depression or anxiety. Discouragement. Failure. Hopelessness. The mind. Gossip, fear, political or the country environment, our past can be a giant. The loss of family or family member, spiritual warfare, peer pressure can be a giant. As I went through these, there were some that just kept coming up over and over, not that the same people were commenting, but different people were commenting and There were several that were repeated throughout these comments. Life, trying to balance life was one that was repeated several times. The unknown, what's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen next week? What's going to happen next year? Finances, health, fear were those that were repeated over and over throughout these comments. It's amazing how many giants there are that we face. But one thing that we must never forget is that Jesus is greater than our giants. Amen? Is Jesus not greater than our giants? I believe we would say amen to that. But here's the thing. I believe every Christian here, I believe every Christian that believes the word of God, would say that Jesus is greater than our giants. But I wonder then why the giants get victory in our life so often. Why do these things seem impossible? Why does it seem like we cannot get victory over these giants in our life? If we truly believe that Jesus is greater, then why does it seem like these giants get the victory? We're going to look at some principles this morning to get victory over our giants. When we look in Scripture, we find some men who faced real giants. And I'm talking about real, physical, literal giants, right? And uh, these are not giants like you see the cartoon Jack and the Beanstalk where, you know, this guy is, you know, 150 feet tall type giants that we're talking about here. But these were real giants. The Bible speaks about them uh, many times. In fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 3 and verse number 11, it tells us that there was a man named Og whose bed was 13 and a half feet long. 13 and a half feet long, right? Imagine trying to make that every day. 13 and a half feet long, right? I believe, if I'm not mistaken, a king-sized bed is like six and a half feet, maybe seven feet. So think about this. 13 and a half feet long I mean, double a king-size bed. That's how long this bed was. This dude was massive, right? I mean, if he was 12 feet tall, right? I mean, 13 and a half feet long, his bed was. When you think of someone who defeated giants, who would we think of? David, right? David is like the unanimous person that everybody thinks of, of defeating giants, killing Goliath, right? But you know there was someone who was actually, uh, who defeated more giants than David did? 
There was somebody that actually defeated more giants than David. In fact, here in Joshua chapter 15, in verse number 14, it says, And Caleb drove thence the three sons of Anak, Shishai and Ahiman and Talmai, the children of Anak. So it says here that Caleb drove out three of the sons of Anak. Well, who were the sons of Anak? Well, in Numbers chapter 13, if we remember, you have uh, God has sent the uh, the Israelites, he's delivered them from Egypt and he's brought them to the Jordan River and God tells Moses to send 12 spies into the land and the 12 spies go into the land and they spy out the land and they come back and they said, man, this is a, this is a land flowing with milk and honey. I mean, this is a bountiful land. It is a great land. I mean, look at the, they, they brought back fruits from the land. I mean, they brought back all kinds of stuff. In fact, they brought back a cluster of grapes that had to be carried by two guys on a stick right? I mean, that's some massive vineyards right there, okay? I mean, this was just an amazing land, but what did they say? They brought back a negative report or an evil report, and this is what they said. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. I think these guys had been watching Jack and the Beanstalk. They said, we are grasshoppers in the sights of these giants. Now, can you just think about it? You've all seen a grasshopper. Imagine a grasshopper compared to you. Do you really think that these giants in the land were like, that the the Israelites were like grasshoppers? No, they were obviously exaggerating, right? But this is what he says. We saw the giants, the sons of Anak. The giants were the, the, the sons of Anak. And notice, remember what we read here in Joshua ch- uh, chapter 15, Caleb drove thence the three sons of Anak. Caleb was able to drive out these three giants. Now remember, Goliath, man, he defeated, uh, or David defeated Goliath, right? But here the Bible tells us that Caleb was able to drive out three giants. So we're going to look at Caleb and David this morning because these guys were pretty awesome giant killers, right? And we're going to learn and see, we're going to look at some principles that I believe that, at, that they used in defeating real physical giants that we can use in defeating these spiritual giants that we face. You say, is finances spiritual? Yes. Is health spiritual? Yes. Is fear spiritual? Yes. I believe all of these giants that we've seen or that were listed, they all come back to the spiritual side. We're going to look at that this morning. Let's go, first of all, we're going to stay here in Joshua, but go back just one chapter before in Joshua chapter 14. Joshua chapter 14. So remember, Israel has come to the Jordan River. Moses sends the 12 spies in. The 12 spies said, hey, there's giants in the land. We can't do it. And all of Israel believes them. And so they wander in the wilderness for 40 years. For 40 years, they wander in the wilderness until all of those that did not believe God, they die off. And then they come back. Joshua is is the leader. He's in charge. Joshua leads them into the promised land. And God, God begins to give victories to the children of Israel there in the promised land. And notice what we find here in Joshua chapter 14 and verse number 8. Nevertheless, my brethren, this is Caleb speaking. Nevertheless, my brethren, brethren, that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. 
So he's talking about that time in Numbers chapter 13, where he says, hey, those, those ten spies, they made the heart of the people melt. They caused them to fear. That's a giant. Caused them to fear. Watch what he says. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. Again, the word holy there is not H-O-L-Y. It is W-H-O-L-L-Y. It means completely. They, uh, Caleb says, I completely, I wholly followed the Lord my God. These other ones did not believe God. These other ones did not trust God. But I believed God. I trusted God. I wholly followed the Lord. When literally everyone else but one, Joshua, in the country turned against what God said, Caleb and Joshua said, we are going to follow the Lord. It was, that was it. It was just Caleb and Joshua. All the other people said, no, we can't do this. And that's why they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. But Caleb and Joshua said, no, we believe God. We believe God could do this. And here's the thing. If we're going to get victory over the giants, the very first principle that we find is that we must keep our eyes on the Lord. We have to keep our eyes on the Lord. What happened in the promised land was they saw the giants. They knew that this was the land that God had given them. They said, it's a land flowing milk and honey, but we are as grasshoppers in their sight. The problem was they took their eyes off the Lord and they put it on the giants that they were there. Instead of looking and saying, hey, God just delivered us from the, the children or the, 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 uh, uh, the Egyptians, God just opened up the Red Sea and, and we parted and, and we walked through on dry ground. God's, God's a pretty big God. Instead of looking and keeping their eyes on God, they took their eyes off of God and put their eyes on the giants. If we're going to get victory over a giants, we have to keep our eyes on the Lord. He knew, Caleb knew there were going to be giants in the land that God had given him. If you look in verse number 12, as Caleb continues to speak, he says, Now, therefore, give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. So, again, God had, God had told Caleb, and Caleb said, Hey, there is a certain area that I want in the promised land. And God said, You know what? Hey, you can have it. You can have this area. I'm going to give you this area. Caleb, I'm promising you that you can have this area. So Caleb says, hey, give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. Here's the thing. Caleb knew there were going to be giants in the place that God had led him to. He knew when he got to that place that God had given him, there were going to be giants. You know what? Sometimes we get in our mind and we think, well, if, if my life could just be different, if I could have his job or her job, or if I could be in that family, or if I could have this or that, then I wouldn't have giants. Listen, friends, you're going to have a giant. It doesn't matter what position you have. It doesn't matter what family you're in. You can think that that family ha doesn't have any giants. You can think that that family's perfect, but you have no idea what they're facing in their lives with their giants. But they have them. We have to get this idea out of our mind that somehow if we were in a different situation that we wouldn't have to face giants. We wouldn't have to face the giant of, of finances and health and fear and anxiety and things. No, no, friend. They're going to be there. Caleb knew that wherever God put him, there were going to be giants in the land. That, that was settled. There's going to be a giant that you and I are going to have to face. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be next week. But there are going to be giants that every single one of us are going to have to face in our life. 
As we've seen with all of the answers from the posts that I made, there were almost, there were over 50 posts, I believe, but they weren't by the same person. They were all different people. You know what that tells me? Every one of us face giants. Every single one of us face giants. It doesn't matter what God has for you, there are going to be giants that we'll all have to face. You say, well, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a missionary, so I'm not going to have to face any giants. Turn around and ask the person next to you what, no, don't, don't do that. Um, but if you could, I guarantee you, if you turn to the person next to you or the person behind you, the person in front of you and ask them, hey, have you ever faced a giant? You ever faced one of these situations before? Every single person in here would say, yes, I have either in the past, I am either now, or I will one day face a giant. Every single one of us. The question is, though, will we keep our eyes on the Lord? Because we're all going to face them. You may not be dealing with a giant right now, but one day you're going to. And here's, here's a little secret. The way to get victory over that giant down the road, it depends on what you do today. The way to get victory over the giant down the road depends on what you do today. Do you understand Caleb, back in Numbers chapter 13, knew there were giants in the land when he went in to spy the land. Do you know he didn't have to fight those giants the next day? Because of the disbelief of the other ten spies and the disbelief of the people, you know how long Caleb had to wait to fight those giants? Forty years. Caleb had to wait 40 years to fight those giants. Now, it could have been easy for Caleb to say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to have to face these giants for 40 years, so I'm just going to sit back, kick back, relax, and when Joshua and everybody gets done with the, you know, everything we're doing, then I'll be able to go and face those giants. No, 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 no. Caleb understood that what he did today is what was going to determine how he would be able to defeat those giants down the road. And that's why David said, hey, I want you to know, hey, now's the day. It's time for me to face those giants. It's time for me to go in and get the land. And I want you to know, I have wholly followed the Lord. It wasn't just today I decided, okay, today I think I'm going to follow the Lord. No, he said, I have wholly, these past 40 years that we've been waiting, these past 40 years that we've been waiting to get into the promised land, and now we're in and these battles are taking place. I have wholly followed the Lord, and I know that I'm ready to face these giants. And this is what he says in verse number 12. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord. Lord said he said look I know what God said God told me he gave me this land and I know there's giants in the land but I know that my God is greater than those giants we allow the giants to put so much fear into our lives we just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow we don't know that what's going to happen with our family and we don't know what's going to happen with our job and we don't know what's going to happen with this and and the anxiety begins to happen and and, and financial things and marriage things and and all the life trying to balance all these things and we let all of these giants compound and compound and compound and we think it's just too great is it Or is Jesus greater than our giants? You see, if we're not wholly given to following the Lord, if we're not going to say, God, I'm going to trust you, I'm going to follow you no matter what happens. Hey, it might be 40 years before I have to face that giant, but today I am going to follow you. I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to follow whatever you have for me, no matter what it might be, God. I'm just going to trust you. If we're not willing to do that today, (laughs) when that giant comes next week, 
we're not going to get victory over that giant. When that giant comes next year, when that giant comes five years from now, when that giant comes 40 years from now, if we're not ready today, if we're not wholly following the Lord today, it's going to be really hard to get victory of that giant down the road. Caleb said, I have wholly followed the Lord. And he knew that the Lord would help him defeat his giants. David, you think about David. He was faithful as a shepherd before he faced his giant. Now, we understand David was a young man. He was probably maybe 15, 16, 17 years of age when he faced this giant. But think about it. David had prepared. David had, had made sure that he was ready. There, there had been a lion. There had been a bear that he had to face. He had been faithful in those things. And so when it came time to fight his giant, hey, he knew that God could take care of him. He had seen God take care of him through the lion and through the giant and through the, through the bear. It's really interesting. He faces a bear and he faces a lion before he ever gets to the giant. But do you know what? When we talk about David, we never say David, the lion killer. We never say David, the bear killer. I always say David, the giant killer. David, the giant killer. Who killed the giant? David did. David was a giant killer. But can I tell you something? If he wouldn't have been ready to meet the bear and the lion, he never would have been ready to meet the giant. And so often we're just worried about the giant. We're just worried about what's going to come next. Wait a minute. Don't worry about what's going to come next. God will take care of that. You worry about right now. You decide. You make that determination. I am going to wholly follow the Lord no matter what. Even if nobody else does. Think about it. Of that whole nation of Israel, it was Caleb and Joshua. You want to talk about the odds being against you. Caleb and Joshua, period. That's it. Not good odds. But Caleb said, it doesn't matter what the odds are. We're going to follow the Lord. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Notice, secondly, go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17 I think we, many of us probably know the story of David and Goliath. We don't have time to read the whole chapter. If you want to get the whole story, you can read the whole chapter here. We don't have time. But notice in verse number four, there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. So here is, uh, here is Goliath. Goliath is out. I mean, this guy is six cubits and a span. He's 11, 12 feet tall. I mean, this is, this is a giant, a literal giant. Right? Notice what he says in verse number 10. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. This is, this is really key. And if you don't get anything else this morning, I really hope you'll get this. What did Goliath just say? What did he just say? I defy the armies of Israel this day. You know what Goliath is saying? You prove that your God is greater than me. You know what the giants in your life are saying? You know what fear is saying? You know what anxiety is saying? You know what uh, finances are saying? You know what your marital problems are saying? You say you believe in God? Go ahead, prove it. You really believe that Jesus is greater than your giants? All right, prove it. Let's see if you really believe that. This is what Goliath was saying. Hey, you, you really believe that your God is greater? Go ahead, prove it. Send the man out. You really think that your God is greater? Come on, bring him out. And you know what happens? When the giants come into our lives, you know what we do? So many times we do just like Israel did. They were hiding behind the rocks. They were hiding. 
This was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This was the God that had brought them out of Egypt and led them to the Red Sea. This was the God that Caleb had just talked about. Hey, through God, he was able to drive out the three sons of Anak. This is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And this is the God that they had, that had brought them into the promised land. And he said, go ahead, you prove that your God is greater than me. And every giant that comes into our life is trying to mock you. Every giant that comes into your life is trying to say, go ahead, you prove that you really believe that Jesus is greater than me. Go ahead, prove it. And what's sad is so many Christians, we run from the giant. We run. God, I just don't think you can do this. God, you just, you can't save my marriage. You can't, you can't control my finances. You can't give me victory over fear. God, you, you can't do this. And we run from the giant. And God has allowed the giant there to help us to see, hey, who are you going to trust? Are you going to look at the giant and think that the giant is somehow greater than him, than God? Or are you going to look to God and say, God, I know you're greater than this giant. And I may not understand how you're going to defeat him, but I know you're greater and I can trust you. He said, I defy the armies of Israel. Your giant is trying to defy God. And he's trying to get you to think that your God doesn't care about you. And your God isn't powerful enough to defeat this giant. Watch what happens here, verse 37. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. Saul said unto David, go, and the Lord be with thee. So David comes and said, hey, why is everybody afraid of this giant? Why isn't anybody out here fighting this giant? He's defying God. How come nobody's out there fighting him? Everybody was scared. He'd been out there for 40 days defying Israel. Everybody was scared. David said, I'll fight him. Remember, David's 14, 15, 16-year-old boy. David says, I'll fight him. There were seasoned, trained soldiers out there that wouldn't. David says, I'll go fight him. I'm not, af- I'm not afraid of the giant. I-, I know what God did when he saved me from the lion. I know what God did when he saved me from the bear. I'm not afraid of this giant. I'll go fight him. Watch what happens. Notice in verse number 40. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook, put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a scrip, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. So here we find the second principle. The first principle is keep your eyes on the Lord. Would you say that with me? What's the first principle? Keep your eyes on the Lord. Here's the second principle. Are you ready for it? Right preparation. Right preparation. If you're not prepared to face a giant, you're going to lose. You know why we are defeated so many times? Because we're not prepared. We are not prepared to face the giants. And we lose. Now watch this. Let's notice, first of all, what he did not take. Notice what David did not take, right? Look in verse 38. And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put on a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. Notice he did not take Saul's armor. Now here's the thing. Saul gave him, all right, you're going to go, David. Well, here, take my armor. Here's my helmet. Here's my shield. Here's my sword. Here's my breastplate. And by the way, Saul's armor would have been the best. He's the king. 
His armor is going to be the best. His sword is going to be the sharpest. His, his shield is going to be the strongest. Everything about Saul's armor was the best. And David said, I can't take it. Wait a minute, David. What, what are you talking about? I've got the best armor here. I've got the best advice. I've got the best way of beating this giant. David said, I can't take it. Why? Why couldn't David take Saul's armor? Number one, it wasn't his armor. It wasn't David's armor. David said, this isn't mine. I can't take this armor. And you know what's sad is there are too many people relying on someone else's faith. We're trying to face giants with someone else's faith. With their armor. Oh man, I, they, they faced a giant. They, they had a battle with that armor. Let me get that armor. Wait a minute, that's not your armor. Well, it worked for them. That's not your giant. That's not your armor. Where's your faith? So many Christians are, are, so many people are relying on other people's faith. Well, it's my mom and dad's faith, or it's my grandparents' faith, or it's my husband's faith, it's my wife's faith. That's what I'm trusting on. Look, friend, you can't do that. If you think that you're going to rely on someone else's faith and be able to get a victory over a giant, you are wrong. David said, I cannot rely on Saul's armor. It's not mine. Secondly, he said, I haven't proved it. I haven't proved it. You know what he means? He said, I haven't tested it. I don't know how it works. I don't know what I can do in battle with it because I've never used it before. And there are a lot of Christians who have not proven their faith. They're not willing to step out by faith themselves. They're looking at, they're looking at other people's victories in their lives and they're saying, man, they got a great victory. I'm just going to live off of their victory. You can't live off of other people's victories. You need your own victories. You know why so many people are leaving Christianity? Because we're relying on other people's faith and we're relying on other people's victories. You've got to get your own faith. You've got to know what you believe. You've got to be able to say, look, I, I know what mom and dad believe and I know what grandma and grandpa believe and I know what First Baptist Church believes, but you know what? This is what I believe. I believe the word of God and I can show you from the Bible, this is what I believe. This is why I believe salvation is by grace through faith and this is what I believe about the church. This is what I believe about this. I... This is where my faith is. Are you still trusting in someone else's faith? You've got to step out and prove it. You've got to show God, hey, I'm willing to trust you, Lord. David was able to prove his faith with the lion and the bear. He says, hey, because I have seen God work through the lion. I've seen God work through the bear. I know God can work through the giant. We're trying to face giants and we've never allowed God to test our faith. Friend, you can't rely on someone else's victories. You can't rely on someone else's faith. You need your own. But watch what he did take. And he took his staff in his hand, and he chose him five smooth stones out of the brook. Here's all this armor that Saul offers him. You know what David took? Five rocks. Five rocks. Five smooth stones out of the brook. Yeah, he had his staff there, but he had his sling, and he took five rocks. (laughs) Listen, I'm just going to be very honest with you. If I'm going up against a 12-foot guy, I ain't bringing a rock. I'm just, (laughs) I'm not bringing a rock. You understand how how tall 12-foot is, right? That's about about almost as tall as a ceiling in here, right? I'm going to bring a rock to fight him? (laughs) Not a chance. 
David says, I'm going to go fight him. And he goes down to the little brook right there and he picks out five rocks, five smooth stones out of the brook. Some people say, well, you know, David knew that Goliath had brothers and so that's why he was doing it. I don't, I don't believe that's true at all. I believe the reason why David took five stones is because he understood how great a foe Goliath was. He knew Goliath was a big dude. Yeah, he might have used a rock to help take down a bear. He may have used a rock to help take down a lion, but we're talking about a 12-foot dude. I might need more than one rock. I might need a couple. David had no idea that when he stepped out to face Goliath, that when he put that rock in that sling, that first one, and he spun that thing around, and he spun it around, and he let that go, he had no idea that God put a, 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 a rocket launcher on the back of that thing and shot that thing out and hit that giant. He had no idea God was going to do that. No idea. But he says, I better make sure that I'm ready for this battle. He wasn't just going to take one stone. He said, it might take more than one. I might have to use all five of these. But he trusted and believed God would give him the victory. He was prudent in his planning, knowing that one stone may not be enough. Taking more than one was not showing that somehow David doubted. Rather, it showed his preparation. Look in verse 45 to 47. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee with a rock. Is that what it says? I come to thee with a staff. Is that what it says? No. You know, when we look through it, you're not going to find one time that David says, I come to you with a sling and a stone. Well, watch what he does say. He says, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword, not with spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. You know what David said? It has nothing to do with what's in this bag right here. It has nothing to do with this stick that I'm holding. It has nothing to do with your sword. It has nothing to do with your spear. You know what it all has to do with? The Lord. The Lord. You can come with me with a spear. You can come with me with a sword. You can come with me with a shield. You can come with me with fear. You can come with me with finances. You can come at me with marriage problems. You can come at me with, with the trying to balance life. You can come at me with all these type of weapons. But let me tell you something. It has nothing to do with what the giant has in his hands. It has nothing to do with what you have in your pocket. It has everything to do with who you're trusting in. Are you following the Lord? Are you looking to him? He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. All right, Goliath, you put it out there. You said, prove to me that your God is greater. Here I am. Here I am. I'm here to prove it. Goliath, he's like, what am I, a dog? You send a, little, you send a puny little teenager out here against me? Sorry, guys. You send a puny little teenager out here against me? What do, you, what do you think I am? Some type of dog that you would send these, this kid out here to me? You know, that David didn't care about that. Because it wasn't about the puny little teenager. It was about whose God was the puny little teenager. It wasn't about the five stones and the staff that he had. It was about the God that was going to be behind those five stones and the staff that he had. You see, we get this idea, these giants are just, they're, they're just overwhelming. We just can't, we can't face them. We can't defeat them. Well, look, if you're just looking at your stones and you're looking at your staff and you're looking at a sword, you're looking at a spear, you're right. You're not going to be able to defeat them. But David said, you know what? I'm not even going to mention what I have. 
I'm not going to mention the five stones that I have. I'm not going to mention my staff. I'm not going to mention my sling. You know what I'm going to talk about? The Lord. I'm going to talk about the Lord. And I'm going to tell you what God is going to do. God is going to do this. It has nothing to do with me. But God is going to prove that he is greater than this giant. And he did. It's interesting. People come with all kinds of weapons to use to get victory over your giant. Some of those things may not be necessarily wrong. You're going through financial problems. Somebody says, hey, follow this guy's financial plan. He's he's really good. He's going to help you. You're having marriage problems. Somebody says, hey, read this book about marriage. You're, You're, you know, having some health issues. Hey, take this stuff. Take these vitamins. Take this pills, you know, whatever. You're going you're gonna to live forever. Do this every day. It'll, it'll reduce your stress. Look at yourself in the mirror. Say, I'm in shape. Good luck with that. You see, people are going to come with all kinds of advice. Hey, try this helmet. Hey, try this sword. Hey, try this spear. Hey, try this. Hey, try this. Hey, try this. This, this helped me. Hey, this is going to help you. Hey, do this, do that. Wait a minute. Hold on. No, 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 no. No. It's not about the weapon. It's about trusting God when the giant comes. Because God will give you exactly the weapon that you need to face the giant. You might think you know what weapon you need. You might think you need a sword. You might think you need a spear. But God says, no, all you need is a stone. Just take a rock. I'll do the rest. You just trust me. I'll I'll take care of this. Saul's armor and sword weren't sinful. They were what was commonly used during that time to fight in war. They, They were the weapons. But here's the thing. Do we want the glory when the giant is defeated? Or do we want to give God the glory. If David would have taken all that armor, he could have easily said, hey, look at my skill with this sword. Look at how far I could chuck this spear. (laughs) No, he said, all I got is a rock. But I got a big God behind this rock. And I know that God is going to get the glory through this, not me. Oh, yeah, we talk about David the giant killer. (laughs) David didn't have a chance against the giant without the God that David served. Folks, that's what we've got to understand. Jesus is greater than any giant that you and I can ever face. David said, I come to thee in the name of the Lord. By the way, when you think about the five stones that David took, one stone may not be enough to get the victory over your giant. We think all we need is just one stone. You think, well, being in church under the preaching of the word is important. But if that's all you think you need to get victory over your giant, then you are not prepared. You're not prepared. Well, prayer, prayer is important, right? Sure it is. But you need more than prayer to get victory. The word of God is powerful, right? Yes, the word of God is powerful. It's a powerful tool against the the giants that we face. But just because we know the word doesn't mean we should go to places we know that we're going to be tempted. You see, if we haven't determined to wholly follow the Lord no matter what, then we aren't prepared. We get this idea, well, I've got, I've got the Bible, so I'm good. Well, look, the Bible is important. But if that's all you're holding on to, you're, you're, you've only got one stone. You, you need to get that, you need to, in that bag of faith that you're talking about there, you need, you need those, 
extra stones. You need those extra rocks in case that first one doesn't work. In case that first one doesn't do the damage that it needs to do. Hey, it's important to pray, but you know what? Sometimes prayer isn't all that we need. Sometimes we need to get in the word of God. We need to memorize scripture and, and quote scripture. Sometimes we, we get in the word of God and we study the word of God, but sometimes that's not all that we need to defeat that giant. We, we've got to understand that, yes, the giants are there and God is going to give us the tools that we need, but we must be prepared. We need all of these things in our bag of faith. We need to be in church every time the doors are open. We need to make sure that we're strong in our prayer life, daily in prayer. We need to be in the word of God every day, meditating and memorizing. We need counsel from godly leaders that God has placed in our life. We need all these stones. We need all of these things to help us to defeat the giant. But what we must remember and never forget is the one who gives the victory. In Zechariah 4, 6, he says, God says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. God is the one that's going to give the victory. But we have to be prepared for the giant. And may I say lastly here, if you'll turn over with me to 2 Samuel chapter 21. 2 Samuel chapter 21. There's a third principle that I think we find. In 2 Samuel chapter 21, notice in verse number 22. It says, These four were born to the giant in Gath and fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. It's really interesting here that the Bible tells us that David killed five giants. Not just Goliath, but five. But if you understand where we're reading at here, at this point in time, David is an older man. In fact, he's reached the point where he's not even really able to, to hold a sword well and fight. In fact, so much so that that the army has said, David, we don't want you coming out with us to fight because we're afraid that something's going to happen to you. We're, we're afraid that there's somebody's going to knock that sword out of your hand and they're going to kill you. We're, we're afraid of you. You're, you're not as strong as what you used to be, and so we need to protect you. So wait a minute. If that's how David is, how was he able to kill five giants? How was he able to kill four more when he was weak and elderly? And here's the third principle you need to understand. Don't fight a giant alone. Don't fight a giant alone. Notice what happens here. It's really interesting, and we don't have time to read all of it, but when you go back up to verse number 15 and you read through, you're going to find out that David himself did not actually kill these four other giants. But yet David is credited for them. You see, when we get to back up to verse number 15, you'll find that Ishbi Benab was killed by Abishai. Saph was killed by Sebekai. Goliath's brother was killed by Elhanah. The, there was a giant that had 24 digits. In other words, he had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot. Okay? This was a 24-digit giant. And David's nephew Jonathan killed him. But yet it says these four were born to the giant in Gath and fell by the hand of David. So why is, why is David getting the credit for these giants? Because here's what David understood. I cannot fight all the giants alone by myself. 
I need some other people to help me. There's going to be some times when I'm weak and I'm not going to be able to fight them. And I need somebody else to encourage me. And I need somebody else to strengthen me and help me. And Christian, you and I need the same thing. There are going to be times when, yes, you may have to stand out there all alone when nobody else wants to stand. Fine, you stand. But there's going to be times when you need some Christians to stand with you. There's going to be times when you need some encouragement from some other people. And Christian, notice when we look at this passage here, we find David, is, he's elderly, he's, he's a little bit weaker, but he understood, hey, I may not be able to go out and fight the battles, I may not be able to hold the sword, but I know what I can do. You know what I can do? I can teach these skinny little teenagers down here how to hold a sword. And I can teach these, these young families how to pray. And I can teach them and help encourage them how to, how to instruct their children in the Lord. And I can help them in, in the battles that they're going to face. And I may not be able to go out there and, and fight those battles, but I can, I can pray for them and I can encourage them. And this is what David was doing. In fact, G. Campbell Morgan said this about David when he looked at David's last years and he noticed David's ability to, to pass on his victories to others. This is what he said. Let those who after long service find themselves waning in strength Be content to abide with the people of God, still shining for them as a lamp and thus enabling them to carry on the same divine enterprises. Such action in the last days of his life is also a great and high service. David said, I can't go out, but you know what I can do? I can teach some other guys how to fight. I can't go out and and physically pick up that sword and pick up that spear anymore, but I can stand behind these young men and encourage them and and teach them how to fight and and instruct them on, hey, this is what the giant's going to do and this is how he's going to come at you. Why? Because he said, I've fought him before. Some of you older folks, you ought to look around and see some of these teenagers, these teenage boys and teenage girls, these young families that we have in our church. Don't just separate yourself from them and say, well, that's, you know, they're young. They're from a different generation. No, no, no. They need you. They need you to help fight the giants that are coming, that are going to come in their lives. They need you to take them by the arms and say, hey, I may not be able to fight this battle for you, but let me, let me encourage you. Let me pray for you. Let me lift you up. Let me help you in any way that I can. You might say, well, hey, I just, I'm not, I'm not young anymore. That's okay, but you've got so much wisdom that they need. Don't let them fight alone. Take the wisdom that God has given you. Take what you have learned from the battles you have faced and pour it into them so that they can be able to fight the giants that are going to come in their life and that they can get victory. Can I ask you this morning? Who are you pouring yourself into? David said, I can't go out and fight anymore but I can pour myself into some other people. Who are you pouring yourself into? Hey, it's not hard to look around and see we've got a lot of young people in this church and a lot of young couples and young families and they're going to face some giants in their life. And some of you that are older and wiser that have been through some of these wars and battles, you've got a lot you can pour into them. You say, well, they, they haven't asked me. Don't wait for them to ask you. Just go to them. Say, hey, can I, can I be a David to you? Can I, can I just encourage you? Can I pray for you? Can I help you in any way? You say, well, well they're not going to appreciate that. I guarantee you they'll appreciate it much more than what you think. Hey, these other four, 
would never have been able to kill these giants and defeat these giants if David hadn't poured into them what he knew. Can I tell you something? Jesus is greater than the giants that we face in this life. He's greater. But we have to keep our eyes on him. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Have the right preparation. And don't fight alone. He's greater. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed. No one looking about this morning. It's interesting that all throughout the New Testament we find this pattern. Jesus didn't just call one disciple, he called twelve. And he poured his life into them. Aquila and Priscilla poured themselves into Paul, Apollos, and others. Paul didn't just have one person that he poured himself into. There were many, like Timothy and Titus, Trophimus and Tychicus, many that he poured himself into. Who are you pouring yourself into? And here's the wonderful thing that we find in God's word. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 4, he says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Jesus is greater than the giants that you'll face. Will you keep your eyes on him? Don't look at the giant. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Will you prepare Make the right preparation. These are, these are spiritual battles we're talking about. We need spiritual preparation. Will you pour yourself into someone else? Don't let anyone fight alone. Don't fight the giant alone. That's what this church family is for. To stand together and fight together. To hold each other up and encourage one another. Don't fight alone. I wonder maybe this morning if there might be someone who'd say, Pastor, I'm, I'm not even sure if I'm saved. You talk about keeping your eyes on Jesus, but I, I don't even know if I'm saved or not. I don't know if I died where I would be. Is there somebody like that this morning? Just by uplifted hand, just lift it up and put it right back down. You say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I'm saved. I'm not sure where I'd go if I died today. Anyone this morning, just lift it up, put it right back down. Pastor, pray for me. I'm not going to call you out, not going to come to you. Just want to pray for you. Pastor, pray for me. And Christian, can I ask you are you, are you, in, a, are you in a battle right now with a giant? Is there a giant you're facing? Do you want victory over it? He's given us how we can have victory. Christian, Maybe you're not in a battle right now. Maybe you're not facing a giant, but there's going to be a giant that's going to come. Are you going to make the right preparations now to face that giant? Some of you older folks, would you do like David and pour yourself in to some of these young people and help them to be prepared to fight the giants that are going to come? Let's not fight alone. Let's stand together as a body of Christ against these giants. Father, I pray, Lord, you'd work in hearts this morning. Your will would be done. We would surrender to you. 
Lord, help us to remember that you are greater than any giant that we'll ever face in our life. May we trust you and look to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's.